The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf and Simon. All right, welcome to the show. I am Kai Chenchism. Joining me is Merrick Brave, not Joshua Houts. Uh, father, father duties must must prevail at all times. Uh, first, before we get into any sponsor or anything, Merrick, how are you doing? How's your week been so far? Week's been good. Week's been good. Uh, you know, we are recording this on June 21st to get ahead of the week, but I believe this episode is going to air on Monday, which is my birthday. So this is my birthday episode, Kai. Yeah. How does it are feel? You gonna, How does it feel to be another year older? To be 704? No, to be 37 years old. Um, I'll tell you what. I've been saying this for like six months now, but 36 feels like 35 and 37 feels like 40. Don't ask me to do the math. I don't know how it works, but 36 feels like 35 and 37 feels like 40. I feel old officially. Hmm, that's weird because usually for me with my staff, like I just I turned 25 in March. So I'm only, you know, three months of being a 25 year old. And most of my staff that I have at work had tell me they're like, oh, you know, you're closer to death. And it's like, ah, I'm 25. <laughs> like, that's not really that, you know, I find it crazy on my side. Well, maybe you'll remember this conversation in 12 years when you hit 37 and you'll be like, oh, that's what Merrick was talking about. Maybe. Yeah, I feel it. I'm, I'm already <laughs> in my vitamin era of my, my life. So I, maybe it's maybe it's already started. Who knows? It, it it makes a big difference. It really does. The vitamins? Like how much though? Because <laughs> I'll be honest, like eh, sometimes I'm like, uh, are these doing anything? I guess, you know. Even if it's just a placebo, that's something, right? Yeah, it's true. Your brain's very powerful. You can trick it into things. Um, so before we get into this, of course, uh, we got to talk about our sponsors. Prize Picks, you can deposit 500. They give you 500. It's a one-time rollover. You bet once, and they essentially give it to you uh, back. They give you that $100 back. It's essentially free money. Use the code 5. That's F-I-V-E. Again, it's Prize Picks. And then at Better Edge, that's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E dot com slash five reasons number five and then reasons you get twenty dollars just for signing up um so merrick not a lot of dolphins news but we'll start with what happened uh today i guess it will what came out today uh or really no yesterday about 24 hours ago so around the time of recording but 24 hours ago with tyree kill um andy slater you know with his slater scoop said miami dolphins rc retired kill allegedly slapped a boat employee on the back of the head this past weekend a senior law enforcement source tells me the crew member does not want to press charges at this time um talks about it how uh local 10 news had it reported first and it's when hills crew tried to boarding the boat without permission and they're reviewing video evidence uh then he came out and said that the police investigation is done they told the victim the alleged victim that uh he would have to go to the state's attorney office if he decided to pursue criminal charges when he allegedly said uh told the cops i can buy you and the boat and i'm number 10 with the miami dolphins i thought it was a nothing story when i saw it yesterday uh i still kind of think that it's a nothing story i don't know if that's being insensitive but i mean how do you feel about the situation yeah i mean i i think i'm kind of on the same wavelength you are like it's not like he hauled off and and punched the dude in the mouth you know what i mean he kind of slapped him on the back of the head and if slapping people on the back of the head is now considered assault then i guess i assault somebody like every other day cuz that's like a, that's a common and i'm you're I mean, wrestling I'm a, come on this is, yeah. this is. i'm a, i'm a wrestling coach and i'm a dad too you know what i mean like i don't know maybe i'm old school like that but i remember my stepdad slapping me on the back of the head like like every 4. Point 
six seconds when I was a child. So if that's going to, if that's going to get you an assault charge, then I think we all might be in trouble as fathers here. And I mean, as far as what he said, you know, I'm number 10 for the dolphins. I can buy you in this boat, man, dude makes $30 million a year. If I made $30 million a year, I would just walk around punching holes in people's chests because I could. And then I just hand him a stack. I'd be like, here's a hundred grand, punch the next guy. Here's a hundred grand, punch the the next guy. Here's a hundred grand. You know what I mean? Like he makes $30 million a year. He's earned the right to slap somebody on the back of the head if he wants to. (laughs) No, in in all seriousness, Kai, I'm, I agree with you. I think it's kind of a nothing story, but you know, it's, it's the off season. It's it's late June. We're we're looking for things to talk about, and uh, apparently that's uh, that's the big story now. Is is Tyreek smacking a boat employee? But I, I think the bigger story was his agent Drew Rosenhaus wrestling a shark. What what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't. I don't live in South Florida. I don't live in Miami. Is that a common practice? Do you guys just jump in the ocean and wrestle sharks, Kai? Okay, so here's the thing, right? Everyone everyone thinks of Miami as, like, Miami Beach, North Miami. Like, everyone thinks that it's all Miami. A lot of the crazy stuff when they're, like, when you see, like, Florida man, people always think of Miami. That's, like, usually Orlando, Tampa, those places where, like, 20 people live. That's usually where that happens. Besides the one Florida man who was eating people's faces, that was here in my that was actually <laughs> You'll close claim to that where one. I'm at right now. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was actually like five minutes away from where I'm at. Um but usually a lot of those Florida man stuff, that's not here. But I mean Drew Rosenhaus, I mean he's Drew Rosenhaus. I feel like he he's just the super Asian extraordinaire. I wouldn't be surprised. It's like if if uh if um Mark what is it, Mark no, what's his name? Oh my god, the owner of the Mavericks. Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban, thank you. Like if he went, he went like and did something crazy. I'd be like, I, it's Mark Cuban. I'm not really too surprised. Mark Cuban of Shark Tank. There you go, Kai. Exactly. You, you brought Shark it right Tank, back Shark around Week. to. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. Seeing Drew Rosenhaus wrestling a shark. I'm just glad that the story was Tyree Kill slapped somebody and not Tyree Kill wrestled a shark and got eaten and and now the Dolphins are without their star wide receiver. So I, I guess would, all in know, all things a... turned out okay. <laughs> yeah, you got your Tyree Kill jersey on for support today. We'll I just saw know. it, dude. I thought it was such a nothing story. I was like, ah, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, don't go around hitting people. It's not, it's not the right thing to do. The way that I was just thinking about it, especially when I heard that he like slapped someone upside the head, essentially is is how I I read it. It's like. Should Tyreek Hill be doing that? No, he absolutely should not be doing that. But it's like, well, I'm also in Miami where, like, that's a, just a common, it's just, I, I can't remember, like, everyone, like, whether it's friends, family, I mean, the community in Miami, it's like, that's just a common thing to get smacked upside the head, whether you're yeah. a kid, adult, like, obviously, he shouldn't be doing it. But to me, I was just like, all right, I see this every day. So we, I guess, again, we're on the same wavelength here. Are we wrong. both in agreement? We're both in agreement that like he's not going to get suspended for no. this or anything. I like mean, that. Adam Schefter went on the McAfee show and was talking about how, um, you know, the NFL will have its own investigation. But usually Schefter, like he was joking about it. And Schefter is kind of the serious guy. I would think, you know, he can joke. But if there was something to it, I'm sure that he would have been like, yeah, you know, there's something to it. But instead, he's just he was kind of joking around. And he he pivoted in that conversation. He pivoted from Tyree Kill slapping someone to can you believe drew rosenhouse was wrestling a shark like so the same as us (laughs) the top nfl insider is just like it's a nothing burger then it's you know it's just all right uh yeah yeah. okay all right i think we're in agreement. still wrong you know don't just randomly hit somebody but you know it's just kind of a nothing burger agreed we could probably move on from that topic then uh in into the meat and potatoes of this episode huh into sadness we start we're gonna start with sadness right well, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta start with the downer, right? You always lead with the bad news, and then we'll we'll finish on an on an upbeat segment here. But we're going to talk to you, our our loyal listeners here on Three YPC. We're going to talk to you about reasons why the Miami Dolphins might exceed expectations. We're going to get into that later, but we're going to start off with why the Miami Dolphins might falter a little bit, why they might fall short of expectations in 2023. Cause I think we both know, and the national media seems to think that there are high expectations for this Miami Dolphins squad in 2023. 
But we're going to start off the episode talking about why the Miami Dolphins might fall short of those expectations before bringing you back up on the way out and talking about why they might exceed those expectations. So we'll give you three reasons why they might fall short and then three reasons why they might exceed because we are on three yards per carry after all. How's that sound, Kai? That's a that's a great way to tie it in. And you said no injuries, correct? Just so we're we're on the same page. Correct. That's because if out. with injuries, I would say Tua went down. That's an easy. Of course, of course. Tua to just, went down. Know. Teron went down. Jalen went down. Xavier went down. There. We're not going to talk about injuries. That's a cop out. We're, we're going to give you actual football reasons. Now this isn't a comprehensive list. There's plenty more reasons, but we're going to give you three reasons on each side. And then maybe you listeners, you can come up with your own and you can hit us up on Twitter and and let us know what you think. But I'll start with uh, my my first reason, maybe not my my top reason, but my first reason why the Miami Dolphins might fall short of high expectations that they have in 2023. And that reason is the offensive line doesn't improve. That's a hot button topic on, on Dolphins Twitter, and it has been. For the last few months, I know a lot of uh, Dolphins fans were hoping that the Dolphins would address the offensive line early in the 2023 NFL draft. Now, they did grab a tackle out of Michigan, Ryan Hayes. They grabbed him in the seventh round. He's a seventh round pick. He's not going to make much of a difference. And if he does, then that's awesome. We struck gold there. But I don't think there are high expectations for Ryan Hayes. But there are expectations that this Miami Dolphins offensive line will improve. Um, they didn't bring in the big names like they did off season, last offseason. They got Teron Armstead last offseason, Connor Williams last offseason. This year, they, they kind of went dumpster diving a little bit. And they signed an Isaiah Wynn. Uh, former first-round pick for the New England Patriots. And they signed a, a Cedric Ogbwehi, former first-round pick of the Cincinnati Bengals a number of years ago. Uh, they signed Dan Feeney, uh, a left guard, uh, an interior offensive lineman from the New York Jets. But no big-ticket acquisitions along that offensive line, which means they're probably heading into the 2023 season with Liam Eikenberg at left guard, and Austin Jackson at right tackle, same as they did last year. And those are the two problem areas on the Miami Dolphins offensive line, left guard and right tackle. I know the guys we're replacing uh, for the entire month of, of June, Simon, Alf, Chris, they're not happy that the Dolphins didn't address this offensive line. They're not happy that Liam Eikenberg is starting at left guard and Austin Jackson is starting at right tackle. And that assumes that Connor Williams contract situation gets figured out as well. Cause right now Liam Eikenberg is actually starting at center and it seems like Isaiah Wynn is starting at left guard, but, but let's just say that that Williams does come back and, and you're left with Eichenberg at left guard and, and Austin Jackson at right tackle. And let's just say that their play doesn't miraculously improve under new offensive line coach, Butch Berry, who doesn't come to Miami with the most sterling of reputations. Uh, that could be a major reason why, you know, Cross my fingers, knock on wood. I hope it doesn't happen, but that could be a major reason why the 2023 Miami Dolphins fall short of the high expectation that the fan base and the national media have placed on them as of late. What say you, Kai? I think that the the offensive line we've seen with the Miami Dolphins and the Miami Dolphins organization in general is just, it, it seems like something they don't care about. And I say that like lightly because obviously I think we all know that, yes, the offensive line is important and they care about the offensive line. But it just kind of seems like they don't. I mean, the ways that they don't address it, the ways that they don't try to make it better, the ways that they continue to neglect the 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 positions of need and one of the most important positions, especially considering our situation at quarterback, it's a mess. I, I like if they if they don't succeed, then I think that we're we're a hundred percent going to falter, and I think that's a good reason. And it ties into um, my I would say third because I'm gonna start with you know three two one in terms of importance. My reason was going to be uh, inefficiency at, at the in the running game. I think that that could be a complete and utter disaster for us because I think that there were times last year, and I'll fault Mike McDaniel on this because as much as I love him and I wanted him to be the coach, um, he struggled, and the Miami Dolphins organization struggled because of it in getting the run game going. And when it did get going, he would turn away from it. It was a very, you know, ass-backwards way of thinking because we were getting this guy who was a run game coordinator who seemingly made not – made completely but was a big part of the 49ers organization and what they did in the running game and how they you know structured their offense and game planning and 
he just went away from what he was the specialist at. And I think that if he can't get Devon A-Chain and, you know, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr., I'm not going to mention in importance of Miles Gaskin and Savon Ogman. I like Savon Ogman a lot more than Miles Gaskin, but I just, they're not in that important, important tier. If they can't get going in this running back by committee and we're constantly having to throw 50, 50 times a game, 55 times a game, 45 times a game, we're going to get into positions where, I don't. I know it's a cop out, but injuries will end up happening. I just I don't want to include that into that, but that will end up happening, and you're gonna get gassed whether it's at the wide receiver or other positions where we're just gonna run out of out of the stamina. I think you have to have a consistent run game because especially in the playoffs, as much as we like to say it's a passing league, defense and running the ball that's gonna always you know tried and true. It'll get you where you need to get to. So I think that 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 offensive line end runs in to my point of saying that we need to find an efficient running game. That's actually my second point I wanted to bring up uh, a hypothetical reason why the 2023 Miami Dolphins might fall short of expectations. Maybe Vic Fangio's time away causes him to lose some effectiveness as a defensive play caller. A lot of people are talking about the new schemes that Vic Fangio has come up with during his time away from the game. Uh, you know, he was a consultant for the Eagles last year. Uh, I don't know how, how, you know, many hours he put into that position. I don't think he was at the facility 40, 50, 60 hours a week. You know, I think they, they gave him a call up every now and again and said, Hey Vic, what would you do in this situation? And he'd, he'd give him his two cents, but maybe his time away from the league, you know, maybe he's lost a step. He is getting older. Maybe he won't be as effective as a defensive play caller. A lot is riding on Vic Fangio being able to turn this defense around, but what if it doesn't happen? You know, I think we're all sitting here thinking it will, hoping it will at the very least. But but I think a lot of us think and expect the Miami Dolphins to have a top 10, top five, if you if you want to get a, a real crazy with sure. it, top five defense. But what if that doesn't happen? What if Miami's defense, much like it did last year, what if they disappoint? And what if this unit lets the offense uh, offense down once again. What if that happens, Kai? Where does that leave this this 2023 version of the Miami Dolphins? I think that ours are all tying into each other because you mentioned the Vic Fangio in terms of defense um, and how if he is not what we expect from Vic Fangio, how that can hurt us. And I think that's very important because having that that wisdom and and learning ability and veteran leadership of a Vic Fangio. It should do wonders for a guy like a Brandon Jones, a guy like a Javon Holland, uh, a guy like a Jalen Phillips, even a, a Christian Wilkins, a Raekwon Davis, maybe getting Jerome Baker back on, you know, back on track. Um, if injuries don't stop him, a David Long, like that, having a guy like that, even maybe, maybe he could be the saving grace of a Noah Igbenogany. Like the, you, you never know in this world, having a guy like Vic Fangio will be extremely important. And if he lost that step. If he, and I don't know if you'll agree with me on this point. If he gets to a Mike McCarthy level, because as you were saying that you were, you know, you were reminding me, because remember when they were saying, Oh, Mike McCarthy, he was sitting at home and he was, he had this elite coaching team and he was watching tape and he was doing all this stuff. And it's like the Dallas Cowboys are kind of in the same position that they were in when Jason Garrett was head coach. I mean, correct mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but that just strikes me as the same thing. Vic Fangio, oh, I'm sitting at home and I'm getting better and I'm learning. And it's like, Oh man, like, don't don't be that way but it ties in with my my second point of being if Vic Fangio can't give his lessons as a coach in the NFL to Mike McDaniel if that doesn't pass down in terms of you know clock management challenges uh organizing the team and getting better and obviously it was his first year he's a young coach you want to give him time and not be too overcritical but we're in a window we are definitely in that window where it's like you need to strike while the iron's hot and you can't have rookie mistakes essentially from your head coach so Vic Fangio can't give him the mentorship and give him some you know ideas and teach him certain things that he'll need to know and help him progress faster during the second season he can't learn when to challenge when not to challenge when to use your timeouts how to get the play in faster so we're not getting the play in at five seconds at 10 seconds and using timeouts and ending up you know, in the fourth quarter, we have no timeouts and we haven't had timeouts since the start of the third because we use three quickly. Um, we need to be in situations where we're not having that happen. And if Vic Fangio can't help him or if he can't learn on his own, if he can't make those steps and learn from his mistakes, 
we're going to end up in the same position we were in last year, in my honest opinion. Whether we have an an MVP at quarterback, whether we have a defensive player of the year at, at on defense, I think if we can't get those learning steps, we're going to end up nine and eight, ten and five, and we're just, or ten and six. Sorry, and we're not going to end up making. You know, we'll make the playoffs. We're not going to end up making a big impact. Sure. Now, I want to reiterate for the listeners who maybe you zoned out for a little bit at the beginning of us uh, talking about this. These are hypotheticals. This yes. isn't what we yeah, yeah, this yeah, isn't yeah. what we think will happen. We're not predicting doom and gloom for the Miami Dolphins in 2023. We're just giving you scenarios as to why this team could falter if they do end up faltering. We're not saying they will falter, but these reasons could be why they do end up, you know, disappointing and maybe quite possibly missing the playoffs, not saying it will happen, but just saying if it does happen, these could be the reasons why. So that brings me to my third reason. And uh, I worry, what if Mike McDaniel's offense and more specifically quarterback Tua Tonga Vailoa, what if they've been figured out? What if the Dolphins had success early last season and, you know, all the way through the middle parts of last season, but then they go on that West coast road trip and they play the 49ers and then they play the chargers. And then Tua has, you know, granted the, the, the concussions played a part, but he had that three interception game against the Packers in the second half on Christmas Tua ruined Christmas for all of us dolphins fans. What if we get more of the same? What if we get that moving forward in 2023 because opposing defensive coordinators have figured out what Mike McDaniel wants to do. He wants to get the ball downfield. He wants to get, you know, use those intermediate routes to Tyree kill and, and Jalen Waddle. What if opposing defenses have figured out the blueprint to Mike McDaniel's offense and to a tongue game, and they're able to stifle the potent offense that the dolphins were able to put on the field for major portions of the 2022 season what if they're able to do that right out the gate in 2023 the dolphins have a tough schedule they're playing good teams they're playing good defenses those good defenses have good defensive coordinators what if those defensive coordinators are able to stop what mike mcdaniel wants to do and what Tua tunga vailoa excels at it would be a nightmare <laughs> that would be that would be our nightmare it would feel like another adam gase that's exactly yep. what it would feel like. And maybe we sold even me. Look, I was on the Adam when when he and was Adam Gase, year, he, he he coached the Dolphins to the playoffs his first season as head coach of the Miami Dolphins. It did I, happen. St- I still think that we would have beat the Steelers if Ryan Tannehill did not tear his ACL. I, I think that we would have won that game against the Steelers in the playoffs. We whooped we whooped up on him earlier in the year when JHIE ran all over him, didn't I, we? I think that we would have won that game. I that was the time where I was like 2016. You know, I was fully on the train of Adam Gase, coach of the year. He got the best out of Ryan Tannehill, um, and it sucked. It, it's, oh, damn, man. I, you know, I'm starting to think of that sadness because it's like I'm remembering <laughs> the situation, same thing. Oh, Mike McDaniel, offensive guru, finally got the best out of Tua. Tua gets hurt. Like, this is the worst. I hate this because it just brings me down such a terrible path. But I So, so you. you're envisioning it. You're, you're, it's, you're it's thinking horrible. about it right now. You're I'm saying, like, oh, no. What if Mike McDaniel is the new Adam Gase? What if he had success year one, but then the opposing defensive coordinators catch up to him and figure out what he does? That's it what you're thinking about brain. right now. Yeah, it hurts my brain. And, you know, and you, you saw I'm envisioning it. Have you ever watched The Flash? Not the not the movie, not the one with Ezra Miller, but the TV show. No, so I have not. There's times where he, he jumps into the future and he sees the future. And it's like, I feel like I'm at that point right now. It's like, damn, did I just go and jump into the future. And see, <laughs> I hope not. I see hope what's not. Happen- I really hope not either because. I, I'm so tired of being a sad Dolphins fan. I'm so tired of oh, it. Um, yeah, it's it's rough. It that 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 point about the offense being figured out, I think, leads into to what my number one point is. And I think a lot of people will say I'm crazy for saying that this is my number one point, but maybe it's just because I believe so heavy in having a good tight end. I think that having just Durham Smythe essentially is right now kind of the starter. Just having that and not having a guy. I don't. I was never a huge huge Mike Kosicki guy because I think. He was never good enough to be a slot receiver and never good enough tight end to be a tight end. He was just that where it's like, where does this unicorn essentially go? Because I can't put him to block because he can't block. And he's not a good enough route runner to be a slot receiver, so he can't be there. But he can catch the ball and he can do amazing things. But he can't break tackles. Like It was always something where it's like he's so good to have, but such also a big downside. And I think you can get by with a serviceable tight end. But I think we've seen in situations where that – having that good reliable tight end really matters and that's one of those things especially with 
Mike McDaniel's offense. I know we need good blocking tight ends, but to have some of those rollouts, to have those, you know, dink and dunks where you're able to either give it to the running back or give it to the tight end, I think that that not having a for sure guy that we can rely on is going to be an, a big issue. Like, that's one of have, my biggest ones. Have you been reading the reports out of Patriots camp about how well Mike Kosicki is doing in that offense? I have not, it, actually. It, it's scaring me a little bit. And then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, man, maybe Hunter Henry. Jones. It's true. McCorkle Jones, not not the best QB in the league, yeah. but I started thinking about it, and I'm like, man, Hunter Henry plays the Gronk role. Mike Kosicki plays the Aaron Hernandez role, minus the murder. Like th- that could be, <laughs> that could be, that could be what Bill Belichick wants on offense. You know, could be. It gets me a little nervous. That could be another reason why the Dolphins falter. Maybe the Patriots are a little bit better with the, than we thought they were, and maybe the Jets are much improved, and the Bills haven't taken a step back. Uh, like a lot of people have said that they have. I'm not Man, sure. we're going against what we already said last week. <laughs> we're, already, we're already going against that. No, I mean, I look, I'll be honest. I'm not really necessarily worried about the Patriots and tight end and even Mike Kosicki. I, I think, again, I think that he is such an immense talent, like where I put that like air quotes where it's a unicorn, but he just, there's things where he just, maybe the Patriots, maybe they make him good. Maybe they are better than he is. Because we've seen, I mean, Mike Kosicki can catch, he can catch, he can't bring a tackle, but he can catch. He can be a big play guy. You can rely on him, especially there's times where you'll put that ball out there, and there's times where you you think there's no way that a person should come down with that ball, and he'll come down with that ball. I, I don't want to take anything away from Mike Kosicki in terms of the fact that I don't think that he's just some Joe Schmo, you know, guy. Like, he's immensely talented, I think, but he just wasn't fit for here, and I think not having a tight end in this offense that can be reliable is going to fault us because if you get into those situations where – you you know Tyreek is locked down, Jalen Waddle is locked down. It's not working out of the slot. The running game is not necessarily the greatest, and you don't have at least that reliable five yards, six yards that you can get down there to the tight end. I think that'll bite us in the ass. Okay, enough of the doom and gloom. I think we've given our listeners enough of that. Uh, I think we need to head into a break, and when we get back, we'll talk about the multiple reasons why the 2023 Miami Dolphins might be able to exceed the already high expectations for the squad. Yeah, I'm ready to be happy. So let's let's definitely hit this break and then we'll be right back. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you a South Florida property owner with an insurance claim? Are you dealing with water, mold, or fire damage to your home or business? Are you having trouble locating a five-star rated general contractor that is fully licensed, certified, and insured? If the answer is yes, then Water Cleanup of Florida is here for you 24 hours a day. With over 60 years of combined experience, Michael, Robert, Jorge, and their team is prepared to handle any size property damage disaster. When an unexpected damage occurs to your home or business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. Water Cleanup of Florida understands the impact and stress an unexpected disaster may cause. Their objective is to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water Cleanup of Florida is also a licensed general contractor, so they provide the A to Z service, one-stop shopping that business homeowners and business owners require. Water Cleanup of Florida is now an authorized dealer of Eurocraft cabinets, so premier kitchen, bath, and laundry cabinetry, countertops, and other accessories are available for your viewing at their showroom in Boca Raton. Or, do you prefer to shop from your home or office? Then Water Cleanup will send you one of our design specialists to you with samples and products that fit your style and budget. Call Michael anytime on his personal cell phone if you have any questions at 954 954- Five seven nine zero three five six. That's nine five four five seven nine zero three five six. Or visit the website at wcufl.com. 
You can follow them on Facebook and Instagram. And please check out their more than 80 five-star reviews on Google and Facebook. Water cleanup of Florida. If you have the schmutz, they have the guts. I'm Jalen Phillips, and you're listening to Three Yards Per Carry. All right, and we're back. And uh, one of the, the voices bringing us back is actually probably one of the positive sides and one of the big impacts for us. Uh, Merrick, do you want to start on uh, on your, I guess, third? Well, I don't know if you have an order. I have a specific order, so I don't know if you want to just go out of order or your reasons for, for positivity for the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, like we said, enough of the doom and gloom. Let's talk about why the 2023 Miami Dolphins are finally going to to break that that Dolphins curse and, and give us a playoff victory for the first time in over 20 years. Uh, my first reason that I think why that could happen is uh, Tua could excel in the second year of Mike McDaniel's scheme. Uh, it is actually the first time in Tua's entire career that he's played in the same offense in consecutive years, in back-to-back years. And that's dating all the way back to college. Like, like that's, that's to me, I think that is something that isn't talked about enough. Uh, and if it is talked about enough, I think we need to put more emphasis on that idea. He's not spending all summer learning new verbiage, learning new plays. He's able to to focus in on the the plays that worked for him last year and get a little bit better at the plays that maybe he struggled with. And that isn't just to a tongue of Iloa. That's that entire offense. The entire offense gets to really sink their teeth into the playbook. And instead of trying to learn stuff, now they're trying to master stuff. So we talked about maybe Tua and maybe Mike McDaniel, maybe, maybe that offense could get figured out. What if it doesn't? And what if they're adding layers upon layers to an already successful offense and it gets even better? Tell me what you think about that, Kai. I think that the the offense getting even better with Tua and Mike McDaniel and and being what I think most of us believe it can be would mean that we're in the Super Bowl. I, I'm not gonna lie. That's what that's what I instantly go to. That if that offense is what we expect it to be and what we think it can excel to be, then we're for sure in the Super Bowl and, and Super Bowl contenders without a doubt. Um and that's with the Chiefs. And maybe I sound like a homer, but it's just if you look at the raw potential of this offense, if it reaches even half of that potential you're looking at a team that absolutely should be competing with every single team in the league. Um, and I know we still have to beat the Bills in Buffalo, and we still have to, you know, there are hurdles in our old, own division, uh, and maybe I'm thinking too much of a homer in there, but I, I just can't see it being anything else. I think it ties into what my essential third point is, is the, and I know that I've not necessarily shit on Jalen Waddle, but I think that that's the big thing for me, is that if he makes that third-year jump and turns into a megastar, essentially, I think that, that that helps the offense immensely because you're already struggling on a defense to guard Tyreek Hill. If you then have a Jalen Waddle who's absolutely tearing it up, who's a man on a mission, who has adjusted the little things in his game that he needs to adjust to get to that next level, you're looking at an absolutely scary offense. Already it was scary, but you're thinking of an even more scary offense to have to deal with. It's just having that where... On the left side or the right side, there's always or wherever in the slot, wherever they want to put them, wherever on the field, you're just like, damn, it's going to be a long day where you're having corners going to sleep like, wow, tomorrow's going to be a long ass day for me. Defensive coordinators, DB coaches like that's just one of those things where if you can have them, especially with the speed, I mean, the hamstrings, especially in Miami, oh, it's going to suffer. Like, that that <laughs> just seems like one of those things where if he can hit that next stratosphere, we're going to I mean. Dare I say there will be people talking about if we need Tyreek Hill in a third year. I'm I would say we do, but I'm just saying if if Jalen hits that next stride, I think you'll have people wondering, do we really need Tyreek next year? Uh, I'm just saying, you know, you know how Dolphins ooh, Twitter is. Ooh, ooh. Not that yeah. I agree, I disagree completely, but you know how Dolphins Twitter is. Yeah, people are crazy. So I want to talk about my second reason here. What if the commitment to running the ball pays off? Mike McDaniel has said multiple times this offseason that he would like to run the ball more. He went as far as to apologize to Raheem Mostert for not running the ball more often. And you talked about it, Kai. You know, you talked about Mike McDaniel's propensity to to get away from the run in certain situations, late in game, short yardage situations, kind of those rookie head coach, you know, mistakes, jitters, so to speak. What if Mike McDaniel said, you know what? Screw it. We're going to run the ball more. And what if they do? And what if that pays off? What if the Dolphins are able to close out games late? What if the Dolphins are able to, to, to pound the rock in those elements, whether that's the, the hot South Florida sun or even when they're playing 
in Buffalo, in New England, in New York, uh, which is really New Jersey, but in those cold weather games, and they're able to use the ground game as a way to to uh, close out games after that defense is able to give them a lead, that offense is able to give them a lead. You know, defense and running, we talked about it. That's going to win you some football games. What if the ground game with Raheem Mostert, with Jeff Wilson, with Devon A-Chain, with Dalvin Cook, question mark? <laughs> we'll see about that. Still, we're still He's waiting package, on that. His podcast, him and him and DeAndre Hopkins, they're a package apparently. Okay, well, sign me up then. Let's spend all our money on that. Let's win a Super Bowl this year. But regardless, what if that running game, uh, what if the commitment to the running game actually helps this offense improve uh, tenfold? And now you got a great passing game and a great running game. I think that that would mean that my fantasy football team would be electric. And I would be <laughs> ecstatic because if Devon Chain, you know, look, he's the big one that we're all looking at. We're like, can this guy, can he be a guy? Um, my my fantasy football team would be ecstatic. But I think it would just be better for Tua. It'd be better for the offense in general. If you have that, I wouldn't, would you necessarily say it's a safety valve where you have that, you know, uh, you know what, the passing is not working right now. The passing game isn't efficient. We can go to the run and we can make sure that the run, you know, that the run is as efficient as we need it to be, and it'll get us those yards where it's not three yards per carry or two and a half yards per carry, or we're sitting in these situations where we're like, geez, we can't even get anything. And instead, you know, you're getting those five, five and a half, um, you know, four, even four and a half, you know, yards per carry, or you're getting, you know, 150 yard games on offense or 120 yard games on offense from the running game, and you're having a substantial running game. Um, I think it would be better if we have that balanced offense and it would absolutely work for us where we're not just throwing and we can get we can make a defense have to work for anything, whether it's, you know, tackling our running backs inside the box or trying to get to them, you know, behind the line or even at the line of scrimmage uh, or where they're going over the top of the defense or even at the middle of the defense. And we're using our receivers or tight ends or whoever. Um, I think that having that balance in the running game would definitely do us. I mean, it would do a world of difference compared to what we've been dealing with. Um for for my point, you know, I was actually struggling to think uh, of a second, not think of a second point, but debating between a second point because there was a lot that I could think of in terms of excelling. And I think that one of the biggest things for me that I look at would be offensive line improvement because I know we talked about could they be bad, but just having that hope that maybe they'll be better, maybe Austin Jackson will turn a leaf, maybe I muted myself, maybe Liam Eikenberg will turn a leaf. <laughs> Um, maybe we'll have those situations where they just they they turn it up and we're like, wow, we're gonna we're gonna tear up the league. Our quarterback's not gonna get hurt. Knock on wood. Our running game is doing well. The passing game is doing well, and our offensive line is great. Like I think that as much as we don't want to hold out hope, and as much as we're sitting here like it's not gonna happen, I just I really think that maybe there's a chance that our offensive line will finally get it together. And maybe I'm just holding out hope because I'm delusional. But that's one of the points where it's like, I think that there is a very good chance that our offensive line can finally get there, possibly, and that that would lead us to a, a better promise lane and not have to constantly worry about that. Now, if people get uh, injured, that's a different story. I've noticed over the last few days on Twitter, there's been some optimism regarding Miami's offensive line. I don't know if that's because Liam Eikenberg wore the orange jersey during the last day of minicamp. You know, maybe that... Maybe that shows some improvement. I don't know how much stock we put into that, but you know, he got that for his work at center in Connor Williams's absence, but maybe he's able to carry that momentum over when he gets back at the left guard position. And maybe Liam Eikenberg turns into at least an adequate starter at left guard. And like you mentioned, maybe Austin Jackson, fourth year's a charm. Maybe he figures it out. He's slimmer, which somehow is supposed to make him a better offensive line. I thought offensive linemen were supposed to be chunky, man. I thought they were supposed to be big boys out big here. I don't know how, man. I don't know how losing weight makes you a better offensive lineman. But you know, if he is able, maybe a light bulb goes off. He's still only twenty three years old. That's insanity. Austin Jackson, fourth Him year. And Noah are both young. Yeah, young young fellas there. Maybe something happens there. And if the offensive line improves, then yeah, you're right, Kai. This could be a very, very dangerous offense, not only in the passing game, but also in that running game. And I, for one, would love to see it, as would every other single Miami Dolphins fan out there. So, I mean, with the with the the yeah, the offensive line, man, it just has to it has to be better. If if it can be 
what we think it can be and what we can hope it i wouldn't even say think that's wrong we can't think it's going to be anything but if it can be what we hope it can be then we'll we'll be solid and we'll we'll be fine um your your number one point this has to be a good one too it can't be like my number one point being a tight end you know I, I still think that's good and i think it's valid but for you your number one point of us being a juggernaut i would say and and maybe this is a, a fastball right down the middle. Maybe this is just way too obvious. But my main reason why the Dolphins could excel and exceed expectations in 2023. If you say two, the, it's a cop out. The addition of Vic Fangio oh, okay. and, and Jalen Ramsey. If this defense rounds into form, if Vic Fangio can do what he's done at every other stop he's had in the National Football League and turn this defense into a, a, a top half defense, top 10, top five, we talked about it, top five would be fantastic. If he can do that and, and if he can get Jalen Ramsey, you know, back to that, that all pro form, which he's played at for almost his entire career, you know, last year, some people calling it a down year, but that Rams team was awful. And that Rams defense was awful. And he, it was really him. And then at, at points, Aaron Donald, and he got hurt. And then like, who else? Really nobody else. So if the additions of Vic Fangio and Jalen Ramsey can get this Miami Dolphins defense playing at a high level again, and Fangio can maximize the skill sets of Jalen Phillips and Bradley Chubb, who he already coached in Denver uh, to some good seasons there. Uh, if he can maximize the skill sets of Christian Will Wilkins and, and Zach Sealer, and you got the addition of, of David Long in the, in the linebacker group and Jerome Baker still there and Xavier Howard, if he can stay healthy and Vic Fangio can maximize his skill set and then not to mention what Vic Fangio was known for and that's getting the most out of his safeties and the Dolphins have a budding young star at safety in Javon Holland if he can get all of these players playing at a high level at pro bowl levels at at all pro levels look out the Miami Dolphins defense could literally very easily be one of the best defenses in the National Football League in 2023 we talked about what would happen if Vic Fangio kind of lost a step, I don't think that's happened. I really don't. You know, we talked about it because we had to give some reasons why this team could falter. I really don't expect that to happen. I absolutely expect Vic Fangio to get this defense back on track. I think he is the man for the job. Obviously, Mike McDaniel thought he was the man for the job as well, and I think he is going to turn this defense around, get them back to playing some some kick-ass football. I think him and Jalen Ramsey joining this team, joining this defense was just a massive, massive upgrade. We're homers. <laughs> we are. I'm sorry because as soon as I heard you go and say, oh, well, you know – that we had to give some things that would be wrong. I was like, oh, we're homers, man. It just instantly clicked in my head. It's June. It's late June. Hope springs anew for all teams. But I mean, we're not the only ones who are saying it. You know, Colin Cowherd, we talked about it last week. Colin Cowherd, Herm Edwards, multiple people. We're bringing up Colin Cowherd again. I mean, the, the national media, they're predicting big things for the Miami Dolphins. You'd be hard pressed to find a national media outlet when they're doing their little off-season power rankings, you'd be hard-pressed to find an outlet that is ranking the Dolphins outside of the top 10 in, in, out of all teams in the National Football League right now. So we're not the only ones expecting big things from this roster. The national media is as well. And I don't know. I'm uh, Again, today, when this episode airs, I will be 37 years old today. This is the best Dolphins team of my lifetime. And I got to watch Dan Marino play football for the last seven, eight years of his career. Uh, so I wasn't around for, you know, the Mark Clayton, Mark, Mark Duper days, at least the, the heyday of, of those wide receivers and, and Dan Marino when he was in his quote unquote prime. But I got to see a good portion of Marino's career. And this 2023 roster for the Miami Dolphins, this is better than any roster I've ever seen as a Dolphins fan. So yeah, we're homers and I'm I'm pumping them up real big right now, but I do think it's justified. So my uh my top thing cuz I've been very for the most part I've been very offense heavy. And my top thing and I think it it, it ties in with you with defense and I was thinking about it. I was thinking about to use it for my top thing bad, but I I I wanted to mention the tight ends cuz I do believe very passionately in that. I was going to go with um 
for the the bad thing, I was gonna go with special teams. I was like, ah, people don't care about that except for me. So my <laughs> top thing for the good is that we got a defensive player of the year performance and season from Jalen Phillips. I think that having him and also in in that making him also a leader. Because if you have somebody who's defensive player of the year, and I think that you wouldn't get that title and, you know, you wouldn't be so important to both your teammates and the coaches and the organization and the staff if you weren't in that upper echelon of this guy can be a leader. So when you look at some defensive player of the year is J.J. Watt, T.J. Watt, you have guys like that where you're like, okay, those guys are leaders. And maybe you'll have someone who's like, yeah, you know, they're great, but they're not necessarily a leader. But if he can get to that level of performance and also be a leader on the football field, um, then we're going to have a, an amazing time because if you have someone like him that's constantly able to get to the quarterback and is just terrorizing offenses and offensive lines, then you still have a Raekwon Davis. You still have a Christian Wilkins. Like if you have him being who he, we think he can be on top of the other pieces that we already have that we think can, can be amazing on their own. If you get that defensive player of the year season out of Jalen Phillips, it's only going to do wonders for your entire defense. It's only going to do great for the entire defense, in my honest opinion. I don't think it'll be where, you know, he does great and then it's just like the rest of the defense is bad. No, if he is amazing, I think it'll stretch through our entire defense. Well, I, I mean, I think you're not the only one expecting big things from Jalen Phillips. I think it was pro football focus had him rated as the third best player on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I think it was behind Tyree Kill, Jalen Ramsey, and then Jalen Phillips. Like, that's that's big praise. This is not uh, a bottom tier roster. This is a high level roster with a lot of good players on it. And if Jalen Phillips is your third best player on the team, and if he has that breakout season, like you're predicting this, this defensive player of the year season, like he is capable of, especially in a Vic Fangio defense, then yeah, yeah, we're, we're set up to be one of the top defenses in the NFL this year. I mean, Defensive player of the year for Jalen Phillips. He already looks the part. I mean, they've been tweeting out pictures of Jalen Phillips. He's all rocked up. He's got like 492 abs. It's it's a new world record for, for abdominal muscles. But he, he looks phenomenal. He's in great shape. Uh, training in that South Florida sun. You know all about it. It gets hot down there. A little sticky down there. A little sweaty down there. It's good for the, the, the fat burning. I think that's why he has so many abs. He's just burning <laughs> all those calories throughout the day at practice. But yeah, Jalen Phillips could have himself a big year. I'll give you another player who could, who could have a, a defensive player of the year type season under Vic Fangio, and that's Javon Holland. You know, I kind of just touched on him a little bit. But Vic Fangio is known for having uh, big years for the safeties in his defenses. And I think Javon Holland uh, pro has proven himself over the first couple of years as a really solid safety in the league. Two interceptions in each of his first two seasons. I think he gets more than the four interceptions he's had over his first two years. I think he gets more than that this upcoming season. I'm, I'm thinking like six interceptions for Javon Holland, maybe even more than that. I think he's a dark horse candidate for defensive player of the year, especially in that Vic Fangio defense. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting a lot out of the defense. I mean, I'm expecting a lot out of the team in general, but I'm expecting a lot out of the defense. And when it comes to Javon Holland, I don't think I mentioned it last week, but one of the the people, because I remember when he was drafted, um, we were really trying to get a running back. We were trying, There were so many things that fans wanted. I remember there was a big reaction of, you know, that's not the position we wanted, but there were a lot of people who were saying, you know, no, this is a good guy. He's better than some of the other guys that are in that safety position that a lot of Dolphins fans wanted over him. Um, and I remember I was sitting there on draft night and the person who sat by me or who I was talking to because I was working for Inter Miami and Onside, and Onside Radio uh, was Big O, Orlando Alzagari, because I was with him and he was saying, no, you got to trust me. This guy's going to be a guy. He will be a guy. He's going to be a dog. He's going to be a player. Um, and I remember being like, ah, but we really need some other positions more than that. And you know what? Big, big ups to Big O because he's the one that mentioned it to me and was saying, no, this guy's going to be a guy. And I remember sitting there thinking, yeah, right, maybe, you know, maybe he'll be that. But he, he should just be insane. And I, I think that if he turns out to be what we all kind of expect him to be and continue to be and he gets to that, dark, like you said, dark horse player of the year uh, candidacy, it just, I mean, again, I think I, I can't think anything else but great for our defense. That's just one of these things where I'm like, man, it's just there should should not be anything but up. It should be the only thing. If we go down, it would be a bigger disappointment than if the offense failed, in my opinion. Like, that would be the biggest disappointment is that the defense didn't make it where we wanted it to be. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, so to all the people, hopefully you stayed through the whole episode. Hopefully people didn't shut it off after 20 minutes when when we were talking about all the 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 negative things and the reasons why the team could possibly falter. Hopefully you stuck around for the the positive aspect of the episode. Uh, you know, we wanted to leave you on a on a positive note here or on an upbeat note. But, uh, you know, I expect big things for this team. Like I said, best roster. Uh, best team that I've seen in my entire life. I am kind of like a guy who, who, who guards his emotions a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I, I try not to get too high because I really don't like being disappointed. And, and especially as a Miami Dolphins fan, that's all I've been for the last 20 years is just disappointment after disappointment, after disappointment, after disappointment. Again, I'm crossing my fingers. I'm knocking on wood. I'm casting some spells, whatever I need to, whatever I need to do i of newt uh but i'm there's some things here in miami that'll help you with that i mean i'm not gonna name them because <laughs> there's some, you know brujeria santeria like, there's some things you know i'm just saying that <laughs> they might not be right but you know uh, is it legal to ship it up to me in davenport iowa uh it is definitely illegal for just anything <laughs> it's illegal to even happen here but i'm not i i see it at my job every day so you know it's <laughs> Well, regardless, we're hoping for a great season for the Miami Dolphins. We're predicting a great season for the Miami Dolphins. And uh, hopefully you were able to get past the negativity at the beginning of the episode and and find yourself uh, loving this positive content towards the end here. Yeah, positivity is always the the best type of thing. Uh, We will see you guys again on Thursday. Uh, and from that point on, that'll be the last time before the, the, the boys come back, the gentlemen, uh, CK and, and, uh, and Simon come back and take over, but you'll see me, uh, Merrick and I believe also Houts. I think finally we'll, we'll have the last episode with Mr. Joshua. So we will, we'll all be back and we'll be able to send you off, uh, on a, even more of a high note and you'll be able to sit there maybe even saying, ah, you know what? I want to listen to them throughout the season instead of other people. Obviously you wouldn't, but you know, maybe we'll, we'll toot our own horns here. Um, Merrick, any, any, uh, other final words or are we, are we out? I, I think we're good, baby. Uh, you know, we look forward to having how back, uh, next week. In the meantime, you can, you can check out my work on the finsider.com. If you want to, if you want to get caught up on all of these late breaking news stories here at the end of June, <laughs> we're, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for content right now, but, uh, check us out on the finsider.com. Yeah, you can uh, you can go to my Twitter and see me tweet about how I think that the German national team needs to fire their head coach. That's all I do is tweet about soccer. So, ooh, Nick uh, Sergut, yeah, yeah, no, it's not good at all. Nine, it's, it's it's not good at all. I would start speaking a little bit of German, but I really don't don't want to get into it. But uh, thank you guys so much. You'll you'll catch us again for one final episode, and then we'll be out. So uh, see you. All right, fins up, everybody. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.